This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. Hi, Women Who Travel listeners. It's me, Lale. This week, I'm doing something a bit different and teaming up with our friends over at Bon Appetit for a special episode of Dinner SOS. Keep listening to hear host Chris Morocco and food editor Shilpa Askokovich put their heads together and help me prepare a group dinner for some travellers with pretty specific dietary restrictions. We get very confused about what a nightshade is, but I promise we find a solution in the end. It's also an absolute giggle. So give it a listen and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Women Who Travel. Just like a little, you know, a little, you know, and you're done. Yeah. I'm done. For sure. Shopa <laughs> will be leaving us now. <laughs> hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Our caller this week, Lolly Arakoglu, is an incredibly adventurous person and eater. She's the articles director at our sister publication, Condé Nast Traveler, and hosts their Women Who Travel podcast. People respond to a woman traveling by herself boldly in her 30s in many strange ways Mm -hmm. to the point where I was in the Amazon rainforest and a man asked me, in response to me telling him when to watch the sunrise, he asked me when I was going to have children. (laughs) God. And I was like, how have I got this (laughs) far? How did we get here? But when you travel with other people, you're often beholden to their food preferences. I have a group of friends that I like to go away with semi-regularly to Long Island. A friend of mine's parents have a lovely house there. And one thing I've learned from experience, because we all weigh in and cook on different nights, Mm. but I've learned that every single person has a different dietary requirement or just doesn't like something. Sure. So I have a friend who can't eat nightshades, from which I understand is like tomatoes. Eggplant, peppers. Yeah, lots of yeah. delicious and also summery things. I mean, tomatoes Very in summery the summer. Things, like ratatouille, just yeah. off the list. I have my husband who controversially hates cheese. Okay. And we'll just... just- I oh, think no, I, no, 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 no. Okay, I no, I, just, I was like, we can move past this. We can move past <laughs> this. But is, okay, I mean, like, did he not grow up with cheese? So he grew up in a family divided by cheese. His dad and his brother also hate cheese. The women in his family 
love cheese. Always gobbling up a cheese plate. Um, English or American? American. So I had, sorry, everyone assumed maybe he'd just never eaten good cheese. Right. But it really is all cheese. <sighs> but there's caveats to it, which is where it starts to get really confusing. Because he doesn't like cheese, but he loves pizza. Oh. Lasagna, fine. Hmm. Parmesan on top of a tomato sauce, literally cannot eat it. What? I was so prepared for you to say fine. <laughs> I'm right? reeling. Okay. Okay. He's when, when there was that moment of silence, I think I could feel him somewhere in this city sigh and be like, she's, she's talking, bo- about, she's talking about it. She's brought she, it up. Yeah, she's brought it up. She led with it. It is. That was her opener. Truly polarizing opinion of his. Because um, I think it's cool to like not like cheese full stop, right? right? Or like you didn't grow up with like dairy in certain forms and it's just not on your list and like, okay, you know, no problem. But it's far more complex and nuanced. And, you know, yeah. I've known this man for 12 years now. Still, yesterday I found out that he actually is okay with feta if it's a little bit of feta. Wow, because feta's like, it can get kind of funky yeah. in there. I find feta is divisive for me personally. I'm kind of convinced that he actually didn't know what type of cheese he was talking about. Okay. Maybe he thought it was a halloumi. I don't know. I mean... (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so we have him. We have my friend who can't eat nightshade. I have another friend who doesn't like shellfish, but he's actually becoming shellfish curious, I will say. And then finally a friend who doesn't eat red meat. And then there's myself who eats everything and one other friend who also eats everything. Okay. Wow. What what have you done in the past that's been successful or has nothing been successful? Oh, there's definitely been some successes. And I, I also want to say that, you know, as I list this out, it sounds like I have a group of really fussy eaters. And actually, it's a group of like very adventurous, very well-traveled people who love trying new things and yeah. new flavors. They're just... Oh, yeah. I mean, we all have our stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, no. Oh, my gosh. I I would say I'm not like a terribly picky eater, but I bet a lot of people on my team would like roll their eyes and be like, um, bananas, peanut butter, (laughs) lamb, you know, like the list goes on, you know? I mean, just sometimes we like what we like, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, one thing we've explored on the show is sort of like, listen, there's sort of liking what you like and trying to expand outward from wherever you are in terms of the things that you, you know, appreciate eating. But then there's the question of just like, you just can't eat certain things Mm -hmm. or you just have like cilantro reflex level kind of aversion to certain foods. And like, you're not going to just work through that, right? Right. And I pretty much eat everything, but there's one thing that I genuinely just am repulsed by and it's sun-dried tomatoes. I kind of hate them too. I think most people don't like them. I was starting to ask you about, you know, whether you've had some successes. We digress because we wanted to make allowances for the fact that people like what they like. Sometimes they can't eat certain Mm -hmm. things. That's life. We just have to, like, find a way to move on. And I'm curious, like, what that has looked like in the past. So there were two successes. One was my friend who is allergic to nightshade made it, and it was a, like, a summery corn pasta. Mm-hmm which was veggie and didn't have any of the things that she was allergic to in it, but still felt like a really rich, creamy pasta. And it also didn't have any dairy in it. And no parm or anything. Optional on the side. Optional on the side. Okay. Okay. Obviously better with it. Sure. And it had lots of fresh mint on it and basil. Mm. 
So that was a success. And then another one was a cilantro chicken curry, mm. which I think was by Mirasoda <sighs> and a real hit. Pleased everyone because it was meat, but it didn't have red meat in it. Again, there was no nightshade, doesn't require cheese. It was great. Yeah. And it was spicy and flavorful and people got seconds. And also I feel like when you make something... There wasn't any chili in there for your nightshade friend? Was there? That's okay. I mean... There might have been some. Interesting. She didn't complain the next day. Yeah. So sorry. She's still here. <laughs> um, Mira, the queen. Honestly, just fantastic. she flies a little bit under the radar in the U.S., I think. I think so, too. In the U.K., she is. She's big. She's big. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like there's an ease to her recipes. Like, she's very, like, non-dogmatic in terms of, like, her approaches, but there's an ease to her recipes. And I've literally had friends who I'd say, you know, were capable but not amazing mm-hmm. cooks, like, cook her recipes and been like, wow, what is this? I made and a— Stunning. I made a— doll of hers that was I've like I'd tried so many different doll recipes and it had always just been a bit thick or a bit stodgy and just wasn't working but this one it like it just came together so well and again was just like it tasted like doll mm-hmm. which none of the recipes I'd tried before had yeah I love her and yeah she's great phenomenal yeah Oh, that's great. I love that. Um, it's Listen, uh, I'm so excited to to do a deep dive on some of these limitations and like honestly turn it around and just look at what the possibilities are. It's great you found a little bit of success in the past cooking, you know, with your friends or, you know, various friends cooking for the group. And I'm sure we'll be able to find some great stuff for you to choose from and feel like it's not like one good option, but you have multiple. Um, so excited. I can then just volunteer to cook for the whole week rather than my one night. I mean, your choice, but sure, if you want to go there. <laughs> That's it. Everybody just goes home. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I brought Lolly's list of dietary restrictions for the weekend to my colleague Shilpa Oskokovic, she had some strong feelings. What should happen is they should hire like a personal chef and be done with it. It's too much. This is a vacation. Everybody needs to be having a good time. And one person can't be responsible for everybody else's dietary restrictions. Okay, that's actually on. exactly what the issue <laughs> is. And that's why we have a podcast. The answer can't just be that everybody needs to get a personal chef. No, it's not that bad. I was being dramatic, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) With Shilpa on board to offer some solutions that Lolly can cook herself, we went our separate ways to brainstorm. After the break, we'll get Lolly back in the studio to hear what she thinks. I'm Chris Murphy. I'm Richard Lawson. And I'm Hilary Busis. We are from Vanity Fair's Still Watching Podcast. Next up, we're watching the new HBO show, The Regime. Madam Chancellor, let's keep the gloves on. This is not a confrontation. We're just saying what's true. Academy Award winner Kate Winslet is our chancellor as she leads a faux European autocracy in turmoil. We'll be watching week by week as the regime unravels. And we'll be talking to the stars along the way. New episodes of Still Watching will drop every Sunday after The Regime airs. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. 
Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. So Shilpa and I got Lolly back in the studio and we started talking vacation cooking. By the way, we had this conversation in late August, so some of the produce we're talking about might not be quite in season anymore. Also, a quick warning, dear listeners. Sometimes on the show, we have to pivot on the spot, and this conversation was no exception. Are you looking forward to your time? I am. I'm really looking forward to us all cooking together. And there's going to be a little baby around who won't be eating this menu. But (laughs) (laughs) Great. Shilpa, I don't know. I I could go first. You could go first. I feel like I've been talking a lot today. Do you want me to talk more? I'll do it. Okay, go, okay. go for it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you're freshly returned from a vacation. You're <laughs> you're a new blossom. Continue. <laughs> oh, a new blossom. That is that is me in a <laughs> nutshell. Okay, so I think it's so easy to focus on the constraint rather than what's left, which is still a lot, you know. And what a funny thing that, like, I don't know. That's how my mind works. It's like, well. No, nightshade. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, like, all I want to give you is eggplant. Eggplant and tomato. And especially you're going to be out, like, end of August or thereabouts. Right. Right? Prime prime tomato time. Prime tomato time, but, like, not that weekend. Maybe some other time. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, there's just I'm not going to be resentful about it. No, it's fine. You know, you'll get your tomato kicks in some other I've time. had the whole summer. Yeah. But I started thinking, okay, well, if you can still do nuts peanuts, as long as you can still do soy, Mm -hmm. you can do alliums. There's like greatness lurks there. And we can do fish. Yeah, you could do fish. Not that I'm going to give you any. All right. But like, you know, but you could. You could. (laughs) You could. (laughs) So there's a, you know, there's a few ingredients here, a handful of which are kind of a pantry staple that can, this is where I was sort of like, oh, if it's a house, you're renting Often those kinds of kitchens don't necessarily have a lot. So like how many things do you want to buy a full bottle of? That's always a dilemma I have. Um, I also was just away for a few days in a cabin in Maine with a uh, couple of people who eat everything. So Mm. completely different menu. But you end up when you go grocery shopping spending so much money because Mm -hmm. you have to get all the pantry items. Yeah. Yeah. Salt, you know, neutral oil, all of, I mean, the sky's the limit. So, I mean, if you were able to pack certain things from home because you knew in advance what your menu was, it might be worth doing so. I think that's a great idea. So, and I have done that with things for cocktails before. Oh, mm. nice. All right. So it's a well-trod path here. I think last year. Was it last year? Or the year before, maybe. But we did like a digital package, do you remember? On like cooking on vacation. And then Emma, I think, wrote a beautiful piece about all the things you should pack food-wise when you're going to like a rental, which has a kitchen. This is such a good idea, and I'm annoyed that Traveller hasn't done it. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. And I think she suggested salt, oil, pepper, and some tools as well, like a microplane, uh, a paring knife, stuff like that. It was a very useful one. You know, I often pack my own salt, like, because Diamond Crystal Kosher, It's sometimes you can't find it elsewhere. Just little things like that, little gift to yourself, you know, to set yourself up for success. And I don't know why, somehow it feels slightly ridiculous to start packing spices, but I'm like, I pack makeup. I pack yeah. toiletries. Why can't my spices and seasoning be part of yeah. that list? 
I always make these little little packets. Yeah. You do the packets. (laughs) How do you fold them though? Is there like an origami shape for that? Yeah, yeah, it is. Wait, what are the packets? I make these little origami like pouches. And you can make them as you can make them as little or as large as you want. And then instead of taking a bottle which is heavy and could break, you just put your spices into this little paper pouch and you can bring them with you on vacation and then toss whatever, you know, if there's anything left or bring it back and just packs down really neatly. Shilpa's (laughs) going to find an appropriate video to describe what she's talking about (laughs) and we'll drop it in the show notes. People need to know. Seriously, this is a game changer. Yeah, I think it's a smart idea. Right now I'm envisioning, which no one can see me doing, but that like child's paper game that you do. It's almost exactly like that. It's almost exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, like the little fortune teller. Yes. Love that. All right, I have two. That's That was my preamble. Let's just get into it. Basically, they're both Hetty McKinnon recipes. Oh my God, I love Hetty McKinnon. Oh, great. She's great. The first is sesame tofu with broccoli, which is kind of a bit of a stir fry of sorts. Okay, so you've got tofu, you've got a lot of broccoli, then you've got scallion, ginger, garlic, and you have soy sauce, but it could be tamari, a little bit of maple syrup, or lighter dark brown sugar for sweetness, tahini, another Ooh. flavor powerhouse. So the trick here is really just that you're you're cutting the tofu up and then you're coating it fairly liberally in cornstarch. Cornstarch, you know, it helps absorb a little bit of that excess moisture, drying out the surface of the tofu so it browns a little bit more readily and gets crispier. But the starch itself wants to get crispy in the cooking environment when introduced to hot fat, in this case, oil. I mean, it's a simple thing, you know, but you're just kind of drying it out and crisping it and then you're just lacquering it in a very flavorful, trying to think of other kind of like synonyms, you know, a shellac. No, that's terrible. Let's not say that. <laughs> Take that out. Um, that makes then it sound very glossy. Lacquering it. Yeah, well, it is it is a little bit of a glossy sauce, right? Because it's it's got the body of the tahini. It's got the aromatics of the garlic, ginger, and scallion. It's going to want to kind of get a little bit syrupy and just not sweet, but just have like a good kind of like sweet, savory, salty balance thanks to the sugar. And it's something that I think is like it's relatively easy to do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you don't need to like tackle a project here. Next one is also heady, as I mentioned. This is her peanut butter noodle recipe that also has cucumbers in it. And part of what I was thinking about is, you know, you could use the sort of inclusion of cucumbers here just as a sort of starting point. Maybe there's going to be a a kind of roadside market nearby. There could be opportunities, point being, to add other things to these noodles. Maybe there's like, you know, nice looking green beans that day or baby peas or Romano beans. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Unexpected. Love when you impress yourself. I love Romano beans. Just throwing out a Romano bean. I just, they're those broad, flat beans that only really show up in farmer's markets kind of late July, uh, you know, August. They're out around now. And gosh, they're so good. They're just like creamy. Yeah. You know, they have less of like the snap that -hmm. green beans do, but they have this creamy kind of unctuous kind of center. They don't want to get as crisp as frizzly, you know, as a mm. green bean might in a sort of dry fried application. Yeah. 
But they also stew really wonderfully. But that's not what we're talking about because we're talking about peanut butter noodles. And we're staying focused. I mean, I love love a stew, but it's summer. (laughs) Right, exactly. So you could, point being, you could use this recipe as a bit of a template and just adapt it to whatever veg you find. Because the intensity of peanut butter, given a sort of scaffolding of a little bit of vinegar, sweetness, you know, from honey, you know, or maple syrup, a little bit of boost in umami from soy sauce, like all of that can be extended and draped over veg as well as the noodles and not get too diluted. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Okay. I'll stop there. Those are great choices. Thank you, Shilpa. Appreciate that. (laughs) But I do think I have you beat. (laughs) Oh, of course. (laughs) I am I'm feeling so spoiled right now. (laughs) You should. Um, okay. I have well, I do have some recipe suggestions, but I have a philosophy to take with you, which you can use. Where were you for, like, the preamble then? (laughs) Which you can use in every rental that you go to. And, you know, I was reading your notes, and then you said you're a chaotic cook, which so am I. There's friends with lots of allergies. You are not a chaotic cook. I can be chaotic. I can be, and you know that. I have not seen you chaotic. Okay. Strike that from the record. offering to make someone dinner, and then it's 10 p.m., and you're sloshing a martini around, and they still haven't eaten, because that's my style of cooking. (laughs) certainly happen. (laughs) Um, The philosophy is you make lots of little things. That's the thing you need to do. And you don't task yourself with doing one big dish, okay? And the example that I want to give is like tacos, I think, is a great dish to make in this exact situation where everybody wants to eat a bunch of different things because they have a bunch of different allergies and you don't really want to cook a whole lot. And I think tacos are so great because you can put all these fixings out and it's so easy. And I found a few like fillings that are really good. Fish Um, tacos. Fish tacos. Come on, she put it on a plate for you, Shilpa. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's why I have it on my list. So, And I found you different taco fillings that you could do one in the oven, one on the stovetop and one on the grill. So then you don't have to. Wait, so you want her to do tacos, but with multiple fillings? You could if you want. You know, and that way you can satisfy a bunch of people or you could just do one. But I'm just showing you that there's a world of mm. opportunity here. Cool. And you have multiple options and you can feed multiple people this way. The fish tacos that I'm referring to are Rachel's Easy Fish Tacos. They get seared in a skillet. And the seasoning is very simple. It's just cumin and paprika with salt. You can make Zainab's cauliflower tacos, which start with a base of like canned chipotle chilies and then some spices. You toss the cauliflower with a bunch of oil and you just bake it on a sheet tray. So while that's baking, you can heat up your tortillas. You can get canned salsa. It's fine. Nobody cares. Cut some limes, cut some onions, and there you have it. Set everything out and everybody can fix the tacos with whatever takes their fancy. Love that. Yeah, that's like, there's a lot of genius in that. And I think, too, you know, with that as well, like pre-shopping, bringing some things out, like don't go searching for chipotle chilies and adobo wherever you might be. I mean, if there's like a great, you know, kind of like Mexican or other Latin market, by all means, have at it. But that way you can just focus on getting the fish, you know. You want to be able to go to the farmer's market and like feel like there are options. You're not just like shopping like a very fixed list, like Romano beans or bust. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? You're done? That's that's that's, that's it? it. I'm done. But if you want to extend the philosophy, you can do it with a bunch of other things. Like you can do pita bread with hummus and 
some other toppings. But basically, bits and bobs of things are always a good way to feed. And and low-maintenance bits and bobs, right? Very much yeah, so, yeah. That feels Just key. Grill one thing or bake one thing and then chop a bunch of other things, put them out, and just tell people you went through all this effort when you actually you didn't. Love that. Awesome. Well, I mean, listen, whichever recipe you go with, I think you're in good hands. And I think tacos are nice because it's like a great kind of framework to play with. And yeah. you can decide how ambitious to get in terms of like all of like the sauces and bits and bobs. But ultimately, you could throw something together very quickly yourself. Although, I don't know, like nightshade free sauce. Tomatillo salsa. That's a nightshade, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Right? I think it's probably. definitely a nice I think it's a whole, You're like looking at me like I have seven heads, but you're the one with seven heads. The name. How about sour cream and the leftover can chipotle? Yeah, like Mixed something together. creamy would be chipo- great. What a ch- chipotle? That's not a night, night That shape, is, because yeah. it's actually a pepper. A chi- oh, <laughs> no way. This is, this is, the, this this is, is why you do research. <laughs> Here I was defending you, Shilpa. I know. I'm sorry. Hold on. I need to Google. <laughs> Did, <laughs> I need to Google whatever. What is a nightshade? Falls and, oh, God. White what potatoes. Tomatoes, peppers, eggplants, and white potatoes are all what's known as nightshade vegetables. Notably, yams and sweet potatoes are not nightshades. So cancel that chipotle chili cauliflower that Shilpa was trying to set you up to fail with. <laughs> Sabotage. And also, oh, <laughs> shit. Hold on, Shilpa. Paprika. Paprika. Paprika and cumin. I'm just sitting here like, Shilpa usually knows what she's talking about. <laughs> oh, the nitrates really trip me up. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, so cancel the last we need to on the fish. This we're going to have a rethink <laughs> on <laughs> the seasoning. On the Literally fish. everything. <laughs> I'm thinking of my poor friend who would have had a terrible evening. <laughs> oh, God. It's hard. Oh Nightshades are hard. It's a really tricky one. You think you've got oh, it, yeah. and then you don't have anything. Well, there's only one suggestion this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that's (laughs) two types of tofu. No, I think fish tacos can work, though. Like, make, like, a cashew crema thing. You know what I mean? Like, make a non-nightshady salsa that's just, like, you know, blistered onion and lime. Or just raw onion and lime and something else that I'm not thinking. There's so much lime. Cilantro? Yeah. Yeah, you can do cilantro. Oh, hold on. Okay. You know what? I need to redeem myself because I can't. Do you want Um, to take five minutes to just like do your research? I already took (laughs) the the repeated use of do your research is feeling pointed. (laughs) Okay, we have a recipe for sizzling turmeric dill fish tacos from Diana. Those are Diana Yen. Those are so know what's so funny when you mentioned fish tacos, for some reason my brain went right to those tacos because oh. they're in the style of like chakalavong, very yeah. classic Vietnamese dish, like the fish with like often with like dill, etc. And then like the, the rice noodles. But that fish taco like takes the flavor profile in such an unexpected direction, you know, with that sort of like turmeric, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful presentation too, because you basically mm-hmm. make this skillet of like sizzling, bubbling, fishy, heaven that you serve with tacos but it's just lovely and like any kind of flaky white fish would work there yep the recipe (laughs) calls for cod or halibut (laughs) we have lost shilpa she's she's gone (laughs) and normally better than this new recommendation new recommendation diana yen's 
<laughs> Nitrate-free turmeric <laughs> dillfish tacos. <laughs> they yes. sound perfect. Amazing. If we were making you yell, that's a nightshade, you fools, at your podcast app, and if you got any funny looks because of it, well, sorry, we're only human. So armed with several viable ideas for her dinner companions, Lolly went on vacation. After the break, we'll hear whether our solution pleased the group. Do you sometimes wake up with the desire to understand the seen and the unseen forces guiding you through this life? And are you ready to begin uncovering the impacts of these forces in your day to day? Do you feel that you could use a little push, a little umph, or maybe even a little juju to be reminded of your power within your ancestors to truly understand you? Well, child, so it sounds like you need a little juju podcast in your life. Hey, bays, I'm your host, Juju Bay. Welcome, Aquaba, bienvenidos to the Womanist Witchy Insight Show, diving deep into the Black healing journey, pop culture juju, and the ancestral spiritual systems that can help get us free. So please come on over and join the ALJ Pod family. New episodes drop every single Wednesday, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Dinner SOS. I'm oddly nervous for, really? the, for, for the voice memo and the because big reveal. Of the story behind it? Or just like you don't want to hear your own voice in your memo? I mean, unfortunately, I have to hear my own voice because I talk on... I was going to say. <laughs> the Women Who Travel podcast. But, but I don't know, maybe you have like an Adam Driver thing and you're just like, I have to leave the room while you play the I tape mean, and I can I don't know. I don't know. I love this. Should I adopt this? Yeah, this leave? is like you. This is like your brand now. Just like she just can't hear herself. She can speak on the podcast, yeah. but just never let her hear her own tape. And I'm also, I don't know, maybe I'll go method every now and yeah, then. I'm wearing, totally. I'm wearing chef's clothes right now. No, oh, yeah. no one knows. <laughs> no, I think I'm nervous because I had to choose a recipe oh. which felt political but you know well actually no no i'm going to get i'm going to give something away if i say any more okay that's fine well that's a great inflection point i'm going to pass it over to michelle okay so i'm starting to make dinner for everyone and first off i had a couple of recipes to choose from so i had the group vote and i'm sorry chris but they went for the fish tacos they went for shulkers <laughs> But there'll be another opportunity to cook the noodles. So don't worry. I'm going to try both. <laughs> did you the do the easy fish was. tacos or the sizzling turmeric dill fish taco? I did the easy. Oh, okay. okay. Um, it felt like the easier one to do because, honestly, I didn't even want to open up a conversation about turmeric. So I... Is it a nitrate? No, it's not. <laughs> <Okay>. It's not. <laughs> I forgot that whole conversation. I I can never forget that conversation. It haunts me even today. I was so tired that day. It like it's coming back as though in a dream. No, it was more that I was like, if someone, you know, turmeric can be quite a strong flavor, and I was like. If one person suddenly pipes up that they don't like turmeric, I'll lose my mind. So I did the easy fish tacos because then you could have lots of bits and bobs on the side. And I did, which, Chris, I think this was your suggestion, some really nice smoked, just cans of like smoked chipotle peppers on the side. So non-nightshade people could have that, plop it on. 
Yeah. Oh, smart. What did you do for seasoning on the fish, given that there was both, like, paprika and cayenne on the fish? Did you just go, like, some cumin, anything else? Did cumin and just went pretty light on the paprika, and it was fine. Okay. I just, no one. Nobody died. No one died. (laughs) The barometer of success on dinner SOS. But I did, I, like, really cut down the paprika and then was like, people can take up the spice with the chipotle peppers or... yeah. Some Chalua or whatever it is that I, we put out on the table. Listen, this was a great choice. It's a great choice. It's a simple dish. I think it gives you exactly like what you needed. And plus, it's the product of a democratic process. How can we yes. not celebrate that? <laughs> I took it to the people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was their will. It was. Cool. And then did you have other toppings? Did the sriracha sour cream on the side. On the side. So people could smear it on their tortillas, which was great. That was so good, by the way. It was like the easiest thing I've ever made, and it was delicious. Um, Cilantro on the side. I enlisted a friend to pick off all the leaves off the stems. And sliced up lots of avocado, had that. I mean, really did like everything on the side so people could customize it. I think, Shilpa, that was one of the reasons why you chose... Fish tacos, because it really is. And even if you like don't have specific dietary preferences or needs, everyone likes to dress and top their taco slightly differently. And yes. everyone has a system. Like I like to do if I have sour cream or that delicious sriracha Kramer thing. Yeah. The thingy. What, thingy thingy for bob. Sure. I like to put it on my tortilla first and then do all the toppings. But I know there are some people who might want to drizzle it over the top. Definitely a spreader. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah. had to just had to confirm. <laughs> yeah, we're do. good here. We're good. Oh, okay. So yeah, all yeah, yeah. You need well, I mean, you need a base. I mean, you could put something else on top, but like yeah. you know, even no, distribution. You need, yeah. 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 And then sure. actually, you know what? We had a debate as to whether to dice an onion or do very thin slices. Mm. And we actually went for thin slices. My instinct would have been to dice, but we did the slices and it was quite good. What type of onion? You know what? I bought a red onion and then I was like, I think it should have been a white onion. No. And maybe if no. it was a white onion, I think a red onion was is the way oh. to go. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it was a white onion, I would have diced without thinking, but with a red. That's a good call. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's like <laughs> you, you should work in the test kitchen yeah. or Look something. Like Great a instinct. psychotically specific <laughs> instinct yeah. about what to do in any given situation involving alliums. Like you could. Could be one of us. I passed the test. I can't believe it. Yeah, you really did. If it was that was German a red sp- garlic. I would have sliced it, but if it was just standard white, I would have put it through the press. Any anything like go sideways on you? The only thing, and it wasn't even it went sideways. It was just I did what I said I always do when I cook dinner for people, which is that you know everyone's chatting, we're having a time. You know, my husband Chris made some like tequila sours. He's a Ooh. former bartender, so he makes very good oh. cocktails. Oh God! <laughs> and it just meant I didn't start frying the fish until nine. But so everyone that's was European. Pretty, everyone was pretty hungry and kind of drunk. <laughs> that's um, great. <laughs> I feel like that's a great combination for. <laughs> but that's for what a you get when. I cooked in a few. That's great. We'll know what to expect. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And reminder, we're looking for your Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving questions. Give us a holler so we can talk turkey. 
or stuffing, or maybe more importantly, pie. You can find the recipes mentioned on today's episode. Sesame tofu with broccoli, peanut butter noodles with cucumbers, chipotle roasted cauliflower tacos, and two different nightshade flexible fish taco recipes on the Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the app store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Iskokovich. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foose is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Thanks to Gabe Kuroga for engineering help. Next week, our annual Best New Restaurants list is nearly hot off the press. So restaurants editor Elazar Sontag joins me in the studio to talk about the best things he ate all year, what it's really like to write about restaurants, and how the list gets put together. We make a list every year, but... I always have this sort of little anxious voice in the back of my head wondering what would happen if by some, you know, absolute crisis, there just weren't enough good, good restaurants. restaurants. <laughs> and Hasn't happened yet. No, of course not. The way you need to think about seagulls is that basically there are like vicious raptors circling around you. They're Not this huge. like, oh, they're like cute. Oh, let's like, oh, let's like do a little watercolor of a freaking <laughs> one of these things on like a railing at the beach and a little seascape. No, it's like a fucking velociraptor that flies. They're terrifying. And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father, the Sheikh. It's Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague, Heidi Blake, at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai. Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away? There is five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically, I'm a hostage. And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere. Because you're a rich and powerful person, you can effectively break any law you want in our country and get away with it. The Runaway Princesses is available now. Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts.